Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. No matter who you are or where you're from, I invite you to share the good news of faith in Jesus Christ. You're welcome whether or not you associate yourself with a faith community or religion, or if you're simply searching for some meaning and comfort in your life. I put my confidence in Scripture to meet our spiritual needs, and today I'll be reading from the fifth chapter of Matthew, a part of a sermon which Jesus delivered, commonly known as the Beatitudes, or Blessings. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I had a conversation with a young woman the other day and I came away feeling a heavy sadness. I couldn't get our conversation out of my mind or my feelings for her out of my heart. Annie has a good job with a financial institution and like so many of us, she's working from home during the time of COVID. She's a single mother with two elementary school-aged children. She just found out that their school won't be opening live this fall, so she'll be homeschooling. She's facing a big challenge. Sometimes we forget that the problems in people's lives, though, don't end with COVID. Annie's mom is dying of cancer and is living in a hospice facility. She's unable to visit her and comfort her in the ways that she would in normal times. My life is just lonely and full of sadness, she said. I don't have any friends. I'm grouchy to my kids. And I spend all my time trying to squeeze in my work during the day. I want to be with my mom. And I know that when she dies, which will be soon, we won't be with her. And we won't even be able to have a proper funeral. My life just sucks. My life just sucks. Many of this us are feeling that way right now, even if we aren't saying it. We're coming to realize how important our personal interactions, including human touch, really are after months and months of isolation. And it's unclear when that isolation will end. Our daily personal obligations and problems continue on, on top of that, the outside world is in chaos due to racial conflict, natural disasters, and nasty political strife. After I talked to Annie, I felt like I could use some good news. So I went looking for some. And I found it by literally 
thumbing through my Bible, and I thought I would share it with you, since I imagine that you could use some uplifting news as well. I found that good news in the verses of the Beatitudes in the fifth chapter of Matthew that I just read. I've read them many times, but in the current situation they took on new and important meaning for me. I need to set the scene for you about when Jesus delivered his words of comfort on that day. It's at the beginning of his ministry, and large crowds are beginning to follow him wherever he goes. And on that day, a crowd had gathered on a mountainside to hear what he had to say and to see what he could do for them. And we are told, they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics. This was a ragtag group facing all kinds of hardships who could use some good news. Jesus begins a list of proclamations, beginning with the words, Blessed are. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And so on. Blessed or blessed is a word that for me has some kind of hazy religious connotations. We often pray for blessings on people or we say that we are blessed when something good happens to us. In this particular case, it means happy. When I read these sentences this way, happy, they don't seem to make sense. They're self-contradictory. Those who are poor in spirit sound depressed. People who are mourning aren't happy, just the opposite. And how can peacemakers be happy when there never seems to be peace? When I read these verses this week, it occurred to me what Jesus message Jesus meant these words to communicate based on the people who were assembled there. So let's replace the word happy with I have good news for and see how it reads. I have good news for you who are poor in spirit. I have good news for you who mourn. I have good news for you who are meek. I have good news for you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I have good news for you who are merciful. I have good news for you who are poor at heart. I have good news for you who are peacemakers. I even have good news for you when you are persecuted and reviled and when people are talking trash about you. That must have gotten their attention. What good news does this guy have for me? When I read through this laundry list of blessings, I see that they apply to all of us who are facing trials and tribulations in 20th century America, just as much as they did to the suffering crowds in 2nd century Palestine. So let's let Jesus speak his good news to us today. I have good news for you who are poor in spirit. Not all of us possess an overpowering arsenal of spiritual gifts. Among these gifts, I would include at the top faith and hope. I have friends 
who seem to greet every hardship that comes their way with a smile and a Bible verse. And I'm not saying that they're insecure. They just have a deep, abiding faith at their disposal no matter what happens. Like the woman who gets cancer, gets a diagnosis, and the first words from her lips are, I know that the Lord will get me through this. Or the man who loses his job and says, I know that God has a greater purpose waiting for me. These people will tell you, we'll get through this COVID-19 pandemic and we'll come out the other side stronger and better. These two people truly are blessed. They truly are happy. Not so with the poor in spirit. They get down when times get bad. They see the dark side of things. For the poor in spirit, even if they're religious and faithful, there is no sense that that the good news of Jesus Christ will apply to them. They are not hopeful. They are hopeless, or hope-challenged in modern lingo. I say they, but I could just as well say I, or maybe us, for I feel that way sometimes. It's interesting that Jesus calls out this spiritually challenged group first. These people really don't have any confidence in him and what he's doing. They're likely to hear what he's about to say and think to themselves, yeah, sure. He gives specifics about the good news for each group he names in his list of Beatitudes. To the poor in spirit, he gives the most general good news. You have the kingdom of heaven to look forward to. Now, they may give up on Jesus. He may not be able to stop them. But he will never give up on them. So if there is good news for these sad sacks, there's good news for me and for you. I have good news for you who mourn. I have two friends who lost their elderly mothers to COVID. Both were living in nursing homes and neither was able to have a normal funeral. They weren't able to be with them when they died. I recently lost my sister and we're waiting to hold a memorial at her graveside this fall, even though she was deeply involved in the life of her church and normally would have had a large gathering for her funeral. We're mourning. Over 130,000 families are mourning around America just for those who have succumbed to this virus. Around the world, we are approaching one million deaths to be born. What's Jesus' good news for those who mourn? We will be comforted. He doesn't say he's going to raise my sister from the dead like he did Lazarus. He didn't say, I won't be sad and I won't shed another tear. I know I will. But I will be comforted. My friends who lost their mothers will be comforted. You, whoever you are, and what or whomever you are mourning, will be comforted. Jesus was right. We have been comforted. We comfort each other. We are comforted by our faith in Jesus, no matter how fragile that faith is at times. We will be comforted by our memories and by the passage of time. Jesus' good news is real. Ultimately, we are comforted by Jesus' death and resurrection 
in which we will be included. We will not be stuck in our grief forever. I have good news for you who are meek. Now, the modern world doesn't put a high premium on people who are meek. These are the stepped-on, downtrodden people of the earth. The meek aren't the ones who are at the front lines clamoring for social, social justice or for anything for that matter. The meek sit quietly by while other strident voices are out there making noise. They won't tell you this because they're meek and they don't want to make waves. But the meek often are made to feel like there's something wrong with them or that they're lacking backbone. They don't feel valued, and often they are not. Well, I have good news for you meeklings. You are going to inherit the earth. Not the power brokers, not the rich and famous, not the class president or the prom king or queen, but you who are meek. When Jesus' disciples were arguing about who was the greatest among them, he called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, become meek, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was criticized for failing to stand up for himself. He was, when he was crucified, the Bible says he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And he is the ruler of heaven and earth. So, you wallflowers, your day is coming. God wants to model civilization after you, not the Kardashians. I have good news for you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness don't have a lot to be happy about these days. <clears throat> Across America... Day after day, week after week, crowds and mobs have taken to the streets clamoring for racial justice in our country. They're the BLM people, professional athletes who possess a high profile in their protests. They're joined by people like you and me who watch the TV news and say to ourselves in frustration and disgust, that just isn't right. We also wish justice for innocent victims of the ensuing violence and destruction wrought by peaceful protests gone off the rails. We are angered by the way that the COVID crisis disproportionately harms the poor and the powerless. It's not fair. We hunger and we thirst for justice and righteousness in a lot of ways. The people in Jesus' crowd were victims of injustice. Their lives weren't fair. They were not only oppressed by the Roman occupiers of their land, they were oppressed by their local religious and political authorities who lived luxurious lifestyles unaffected by the poverty that they experienced. Those poor and people like Jesus and his disciples who sided with them were living on a starvation diet of justice and righteousness. Life wasn't fair. Life isn't fair. The good news? We will be fed. There is justice in the world, sometimes. There are some righteous people among us. 
maybe a lot of us. We are fed righteousness and justice in little portions. In the 1960s, in the search for racial justice, we were fed through the civil rights legislation and a growing awareness among white America that we have a race problem. During the recent pandemic, attempts were made and are continuing to be made to provide economic assistance to people who had lost their jobs. And women have seen advances in our society to put an end to sexual violence and abuse. We are being fed, and we will continue to be fed in our search for justice and righteousness. We aren't full yet, but we will be. In this case, it's important that we continue to hunger and thirst. Righteousness and justice are moving aspirations which are never fully attained. But if we recognize the gains that we are making, we're less likely to lose hope and resort to violence out of frustration like some have. The good news is that you can make a difference. We can exemplify righteousness in our lives. We can continue to seek justice. One day, in the kingdom of God, toward which history moves, we will be fully satisfied. The righteousness of God will prevail in the end, and we will be fully fed. I have good news for you who are merciful. Now, the merciful are those who are motivated by empathy and compassion. They are people who see suffering and stop to do something about it without concern for their own well-being. They are the healthcare workers who risk their lives working with people who have infections. They are people, first responders, who run toward danger instead of away from it to save lives. They are teachers who toil selflessly to nurture our children. We are the merciful when we offer a smile or a hand up to a bedraggled street person instead of condemning him as a burden on society. Because we care. We are merciful. The merciful don't ask for anything in return. But there is good news for them too. They will be repaid for their mercy. Principally, they are repaid by the satisfaction that comes from helping others in itself. They are repaid by being able to go to bed at night knowing that they've made a positive difference in others' lives. And ultimately, they will be shown the mercy of God who will grant them eternal life and peace. I have good news for you who are pure of heart. You who are, pure, who are pure of heart probably don't even know who you are. You never stop to think about it. You are honest. In your heart, you wouldn't think about cheating someone in a business deal. You are morally pure. You wouldn't think about cheating on your spouse or in engaging in sexual harassment at work. You might let a few bad words fly once in a while, but you don't offend other people with offensive or inappropriate language all the time. And you aren't mean or spiteful. What's your good news? You will see God. Wow. But in fact, I bet you already do. I don't have much to say to the pure at heart 
except keep it up. You're a good example for the rest of us. And that's important. I have good news for you peacemakers. It's hard to say that with a straight face. There doesn't seem to be much good news on the peacemaking front. War, the opposite of peace, exists somewhere. Everywhere, I mean. Although there are no worldwide armed conflicts to focus on right now, worldwide people are killed and driven from their homes by military actions by the hundreds, thousands, and even millions each year. And as I mentioned before, there's not peace in our own country. Some of our city streets have become war zones, requiring military or paramilitary intervention. Peacemakers are sick at heart to see this. Here's your good news, peacemakers. You are true children of God. With that distinction comes benefits. As a child of God, you will have God's peace always dwelling in your heart. You will live with the knowledge that you're on the right side of history and that there is nothing that anyone can do to harm you. You feel secure. You will possess the knowledge that the shalom, the peace of God in all things, is the purpose of goal and goal of creation. You know that in the end, we will all rest in peace. Finally, I have good news for you who are persecuted and who people are talking trash about. There's an old saying that goes, good, need, good deed never goes unpunished. Sometimes, no matter what we do, what we say, no matter how helpful and faithful we try to be, we will be put down, scorned, made fun of, and generally persecuted. Jesus could relate to that. That was his life. This could apply to the teen who's bullied at school or for the friend who stands up for him. And sometimes we just get picked on. There are times that people you know and love will tell lies about you and put you down for seemingly no reason. It feels bad to be an innocent victim. Jesus' good news for you is the same that he gave to the poor in spirit. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. There is nothing that anyone can do or say that will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The abuse might not stop today, but the knowledge of our destiny in Jesus Christ can get us through. See, that's the good news for all of us. Through our faith in Jesus Christ and in our communion with other people of faith, the kingdom awaits. And in knowing that the kingdom awaits, in a very real sense, it has already arrived. Someday it will arrive in its fullness. I have good news for you. You are not alone. You are loved. You are children of God. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Knowing that we can regularly come together in this way gives me comfort, and I hope it comforts you as well. May God continue to bless you every day with his good news. May God's grace be showered upon you. May God treat you with mercy and grant you peace.